Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefers Initiative. This is the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy the show. Here we go. Welcome, all. This is episode one, two, three of THP. Uh, you like that? You were a poet and you didn't even know it. <laughs> pretty, pretty good, actually. 123, 123rd episode of the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. Hen Dog returns. The return of the Hen Dog. <laughs> he wanted me to make that the graphic, and I'm like, people aren't. That, gonna... that would have been a good graphic, actually. You need to see, work on it. See, I thought like if you put like the return of the hen dog, people are like, "Who the hell is hen dog?" Yeah, they're gonna want to click it. I, I agree. You know, I agree. So, so we are joined I, tonight I start, by our good I just friend. I want to start off by wait, wait, wait. I want to know who died and made me special guest. <laughs> Both of uh, us actually were like, "Let's see what Henry's doing." Yeah. Oh, who cares what Henry's doing? We care. <laughs> we we care legitimately. <laughs> Very few people in this world do I talk to every single day of my life, and Hendon is definitely one of them. This is true. This is true. But either way, uh, like I was saying before, I uh, it's a very good day to be on because it's New Species Day. Ah, yes. We can get into that in a minute. But yeah. everyone remember this show is brought to you by uh, MP Cages and Exotics. <clears throat> If you need a rack, you need a cage, Sean is the guy to hit up. And then uh, if you need some hot sauce, because who doesn't, you hit up Steve at Steve Snakeshuary and get some of his venom sauce. It is delicious. It's probably nutritious. I've seen him just drink it straight, so there must be some sort of benefit to it. You know? Yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen everyone of all ages drink it fresh out of the bottle, you yeah. know? Literally putting way. putting hair on people's chests one snake at a time. Indeed. So, yeah, 123rd episode. Uh, so, Henry joined us. I meant to go back and look, actually. I think it was, I think it was 99 or 98, maybe. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I think, I yeah. think it was before the 100th episode. Oh, yes, it was. I think it was 99 because I kept on bitching about how come I'm not 100, something like that. <laughs> mm. I was highly offended. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's right. He's ninety nine. I am. Oh, there you go. Okay, that's not bad. That's pretty good. But <laughs> it's 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 like I said, it's nice to be here on New Species Day. I don't know if you've all uh, been on Facebook today. Have you? No, you feel you have. No, no, I, I have not. I've, I I've have. been working. Um, yeah, no, no headphones, dude. Womp womp. Sorry, they're bad. This feedback isn't so, that bad, though. Okay. I don't know about you. Can you hear me okay though, or no? Yeah, I yeah, can no, hear you yeah, fine. I can. Yeah. I can. Bear, I can hear myself a little bit, but not enough to okay. ruin anything. For those of you wondering how this got derailed so quickly, I sent. Henry, a private message saying, hey, do you have headphones? And then I started making hand gestures 
while muted, and Henry just started making hand gestures back at me. Which well, I think, <laughs> I think, I think what they, I don't know if everybody knows that we're actually on video looking at each other while we're doing yes. this. Right, right, right. So back to new species. And I'm not day. wearing pants. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Pertinent information. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh no, this has started already. Let's I, go. I, I assume. I assume warming sensation or perhaps a vibration. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that wasn't a no. No, it was. It wasn't a no. It wasn't a yes either, though. Um, but you know, unfortunately, you have me on, and this is supposed to be the serious show. So serious ish, ish. Well, less than ish when I'm on, but slightly but, more formal. How about that? Slightly more formal, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So today, uh, today was a, a hard day for me. I had my venomous inspection. Oh, how did that go? So, well, no, that's fine. I mean, it's always fine, but it's always stress. Like before, somebody's coming over the house, and then you know, whatever, and you're like, "Am I missing anything? Am I doing anything?" Yeah, I mean, I mean, Phil will tell you it's a, it's not a small checklist. I mean, it's a bunch of stuff you need to know. Yeah, and, and at the same time, their checklist gets longer and longer every year, and now. For, uh, forgive me, Henry, but this is the first time that you had a trainee from Fish and Wildlife accompany your investigator, correct? Yeah, that was that was kind of interesting because he's he's teaching at the same time and he's telling her what to look for. So whereas this inspection probably would have been, oh, hey, let me see your inventory. Everything's fine. Everything looks the same. Bing, bang, boom. You know, where's the meth lab? Exactly. Where's the meth lab? Um, you know, he's showing stuff she's um asking questions and i mean it was it was cool it was fine they're both very i mean my inspector's great and she was very nice too she was asking questions she was like i've never seen a king cobra with a red orange before let me take a picture so i'm like okay take a picture but it was it was pretty cool i mean it was it went fine but you know you always have that stress beforehand and uh this trainee wasn't as shocked as the one that i had when you were over my house oh no 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 that was <laughs> That was yeah. That, that was of course. That my guy, snakes were better behaved than yours was. Oh yes, your snakes are very much more behaved than mine are. But that was a literal moment where that guy contemplated his career choice. Yes, yes. He, he, literally, he literally looked at me like like he'd seen a ghost, and because because his Ethiopian cobra was 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 smashing the glass. But I mean, I don't mean like oh tap, oh tap. No, he was smashing the glass. And he just turns around, and looks at me with this like pale and 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 ghostly look on his face. Does he always do that? I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he did it again, and you can see the guy like jumping and twitching every time he's doing that. And I'm like, oh boy, this is not for you. But surely you know that that's what you're doing. This is all I you would think. Yeah, but I but wonder if this is the first because, like, all right, so. The investigators for Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission are, are fishing game guys and gals. They're um they do everything from you know normal mom and pop pet shops with like dogs, cats, and guinea pigs all the way up to like the zoo stuff. So yeah. this the person that this guy brought to my house that was a trainee to, to go from basically road patrol out in the wilderness to an investigator, you know, detective job. And I wonder if this is the first venomous inspection he had done. Because, I mean, Henry just said it like the dude was like enamored and freaked out. 
Yeah, it was both. He was, he was just just taken aback and, and and like you said, enamored. He was like, "This is so cool!" But oh my god, what am I doing? And it was it was it was pretty interesting. I mean, I'm thinking the same thing. This this one wasn't. This one was like very engaged and very into it and very like, you know, she's like looking over the enclosure, like oh, because mangoes tied in his head, right? And he's she's like, oh, she's like all over the place trying to see. So she wasn't like freaked out or anything like that. And she was. You know, asking questions and whatever, and uh, I mean, it went pretty well. I mean, it's it's fine, you know, and and good. and my inspector is pretty good, so. But yeah. that that kind of takes up most of your day. You're like all stressed until it happens. I mean, at, at least I am. I mean, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, and then of course, of course, you you spend the 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 previous twenty four hours cleaning everything and straightening everything up, and making it look presentable. You know. Oh, oh yeah, and then Mango takes a huge dump right before they get here, and it's. Dunk. Oh my God! And I was like, oh, "This really, I, I really clean for you." But I swear to God. Yeah. So do they, they smell do that? They, that's Burmese python. Do they dock yeah, you if you don't have clean cages? What's that? Do they dock you if you don't have clean cages? I guess they could. Oh, I they mean, can. Yeah. They, I, I've, I've gotten a warning before, uh, where, you know, it was one of those cases of, you have so many cages and you, you, you missed one. You know, you, you missed one. And yeah. there's a big old, big old turd in the corner, and my guy looks at me. He goes, "Hey man, uh, you're supposed to clean this stuff before I show up." And I was like, "What are you talking it's about?" Like, like, what? That's. Yep. Like, I understand. Yeah, you wanted to look professional and stuff like that, but it's like, really? Like. Well, I think they take they take a lot of uh, uh, I don't want to say liberties. Like, there's a lot of protocol that is not enforced, like caging requirements and mm -hmm. certain you know, certain parameters per species. And like, they look at it and say, okay, you've got it in a vision cage. It doesn't look like it's cramped. It looks like it can turn around. You're good to go. But like, there's mathematical equations of like how many cubic centimeters you need for a blood python. How many, yeah. you know, uh, uh, how much aerial space in volume you need for a, you know, mangrove snake. Like they get really specific on the statutes and these people, they just, they don't enforce it. So for him to be like, hey man, Clean that poo. No problem, sir. No problem. See, uh, mm, if I had someone coming in telling me, you know, you need to do this, this, and this, like as far as the appearance of things, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, but see, yeah, well, you, live, you live in a in a in a, in a reptile free state for now. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm not. You I, you, the the point of me having the the license is to be able to keep these things, not have you come in and tell me what what counts as clean and what doesn't. Well, it's in their eyes. It's animal neglect. Yeah, you know, the animal, the animal can't evade its own feces. So it's up to you and your due diligence to maintain it. That's yeah, how, that's their problem. They can still charge you with animal neglect. I mean, if, like, if it doesn't have water, it's like having a house guest and them coming in and saying, "Oh, you need to clean your bathroom." It's like no, 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 no. It's like it's like the health inspector coming in and saying, "Hey, your your back room is dirty. You have mold in your triple bowl sink of your Good. restaurant." That's that's yeah, what like it's somebody, like. It's like somebody coming in with a warrant and then telling you stuff is wrong. Well, yeah, you know, because basically that's what it is. Literally, they come in. I don't know if yours does, but mine comes in with a camera, with a body camera. So yeah, I have to tell yeah, them before it comes in the house. And, and, and the problem with the body camera is that that's public records. So anybody can go in there literally and see the inside of my house. Yeah, so I'm not, not into that. Yeah, you have to tell them. And no, they're, they're very good about it. You have to tell them, 
hey, listen, do you mind turning off the camera? And then they'll tell you, hey, yeah, but if I find something, if I find some some infraction, I have to turn it back on. Okay, no problem. Yeah, see, 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 my guy, he doesn't turn it on until he's in the actual room. Oh, really? And he oh, and okay. he doesn't get he doesn't give me the option to ask him not to. It's oh, like, really? hey man, it, yeah, it's like, hey man, um, this is gonna get turned on the minute we walk in the room. It's not on now. Don't worry about me seeing, you know, your dirty dishes, you know. It's just cool. the concept of it, you know, and like, like if it, it's if it's in the room, that's one thing. But it's like, there's the inside of my house and stuff doesn't need to be. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, but I mean, that's why he gives me the option. I mean, I guess he could do the same thing and 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 just turn it on when he's in the room, which would make. I mean, I wouldn't care if that were the case, but you know, I take enough pictures on Instagram. Everybody should pretty much know what my room looks like anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I don't have a problem with that. I just, you know, you, you know, inside the house is another story. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to do that. But I, it's, it's, it's not terrible. I mean, it's a bunch of. It seems like super intrusive, but it, it's not that bad. It's really not. It's, it's really not. And and the whole thing of like, oh, they can come in whenever they want. Well, if you've broken the law, or they believe you've broken the law to the point where they're going to want to do a warrant. That's a, that's irrelevant to your day to day life. Like you already messed up. But for Henry and I, being by the book and upholding the the laws and regulations, they're not just going to bang down my door one day, you know, unannounced. They call me up and say, they call Henry up and say, "Hey, man, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. It's that time of the year. You know, are you free Tuesday? Sure, come on by Tuesday, 10 a.m. Come on by, I'll yeah. be home. I'll make a cup of coffee or whatever." Or, or you could even get the, hey, I got a trainee here. I love your setup. Can I go show them? But that's that's not an inspection. Yeah. Know, I guess if they find something, they could still. But, you know, that's different. That's a whole different thing. You you have yeah. ample ample time to do whatever you need to do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah we've, we've had that all the time in the past. It was like, hey, man, I got a trainee. Uh, or better yet, hey, um, I got a new road patrol guy that I'm training on the side. Um, can I come by and show him the native stuff? Sure, come on by. I'll show them. I'll show them native venomous, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're saying no. I just, I don't. I mean, I'm not even. I'm not anti law enforcement by any means, but no, I get it. There's something about having people I don't know whose job is to find things that I'm doing wrong in my house when I don't really want them there. That I'm just not. Yeah, but let me ask. Let me ask you this. And then if they have a trainee and they want to come, it's like I we ain't hanging out, man. Like, yeah, you're hanging out, baby. You, you you ain't on the team. But but let me yeah. ask you this: you you've you've just been through a close call, right? It's um, not even. It's not even. The the call hasn't even been made yet. So. Well, okay. Let's say it's still a close call. Let's say you get you get out of this. Um, if they gave you the choice to do what we do, or just kill it, I I take what we do all day. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, so, yeah. Well, they, there's so there's, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the status of everything is because I need to get an update update from the group um, that I'm in. But basically, as, as far as I'm... there was something that, whether it was proposed or what was in the existing, the amended bill, which I don't remember. Um, one of them was, you know, SCDNR has to let you know like two weeks in advance when they're going to be around, which is like, that's one thing. 
and okay. I have nothing to hide. Like it's, I mean, Phil's been in my house. I'm not. I don't have like a, you know, a crack lab or anything like that. But <laughs> it's just like this. I, I, Pete's, I don't. Same reason I, I don't have strangers in my neighborhood in my house. You know. I, I get it, but I don't know these fucking people. The, yeah, but the the way I look at it is just consider the alternative. The alternative yeah, and, at the, and at the same time, like me, Henry, Marcus, we all know the local inspectors and, and investigators. Yeah. They all know us. Like they know we're all by the book to a T. So it, I would rather be in their good graces and be friendly sure. and cordial with them. And you're gonna go sure. play golf with them on Sunday mornings. No, but, so but God forbid, have a have a drink with them. No, but if, if something happens in the community or in general, I definitely want them to know that I'm one of the good guys. I'm yeah. not I'm not the dirtbag. You know what I mean? And if that means that hey, they want to bring a trainee over to my place to to show them what it's supposed to look like, to show them how it's supposed to be, and I'm the the model, you know, the model upstanding keeper, well then yeah, hell yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, I'll go with that too. I don't. I'll yeah, and they're not, they're not yeah, coming over on a Friday that night. That you ain't know? my job. The state of Florida should have that figured out. They got their little checklist and stuff. They can recreate that in one of their little office buildings and and go about it that way. I am under no obligation to teach your people or show your people how it's supposed to be done. You should already know that you're the government. <laughs> Honestly, though, but, but, but Phil was I'll saying give, I'll give you that one. Yeah, that's true. But what I are my tax dollars saying, going towards? Yeah. Well. Like Phil was saying earlier, a lot of these guys don't even know venomous. Or the permit cost at that. Like, what am I paying oh, yeah. for this permit for? Like, you guys are going to sit here and dictate how we're going to do it, then set it up yourself and do it right and show your people that way. Like, yeah. that ain't my job. Yeah, I, I don't that. know. I'm man. I'm I'm tired and I'm grouchy. I'm sorry. No, but I mean, you bring up a wait, good point. Wait, no, my bag kick in. <laughs> yeah, but you're also you're also in in a, we I jokingly call it a free state because it is a free state, and you haven't had your liberties. Uh, I won't even say liberties. I'll say your privileges. Uh, I would say I don't want to use the word. I wouldn't. I wouldn't use that's the word. That's what it is because it's not a privilege. Well, that's what, that's what U.S. Fish and Wildlife calls it a privilege. No, well, you haven't had your 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 I, hobby. By Chastised. definition, yes, it is a right, but by yeah. societal standards, it is a privilege. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. I don't see it as a privilege. I say, I, I, as long as I can provide for it, I should be able to have whatever I want. I should be able to have a white rhino right. if I want right. it. Yeah. I Agreed. Agree. I agree. Agreed. Yep. But I don't know. I feel like I'd rather be on their good side than their bad. You know, I have a, I have a friend, not even a friend. I have a, a dirtbag acquaintance who used to be a friend who uh, had enough hours to get a venomous license, just never did. And he got friendly with the local investigator, actually Henry's guy, Henry's investigator. And mm -hmm. they would like go fishing together and stuff and like hang out. And then the problem is, is that the investigator, he's by the book, like so by cool. the book. And one day he says, Hey man, I'm in the neighborhood. I got some time to kill on my break. You know, Come, you want to BS with me in the front yard? He's like, yeah. He says, oh, hey, I just caught this awesome yellow rat snake. Let me show you. Oh, sure. I love yellow rats. Brings him in his room. Well, my moron acquaintance, he had a cotton mouth oh, illegally. God. Oh, God. And it's just sitting there in a, in a, in a 30 breeder. And, the, and Fish and Wildlife's like, dude, what is that? He's like, oh, oh, uh, uh. He's like, so guess what? The snake got confiscated. 
and he got fined five hundred dollars and a, a big check on his uh, on his record. He didn't so, try to pull up with an angry Nerodia. No, no, he did not. <laughs> I'm just, I'm. So, yeah, I mean, my thing is like, I'm going to keep that relationship strictly professional. Like, it ain't going to be this thing where like, oh, you got time to kill? Oh, hundred percent. Out of my house, you oh, can go yeah. do something else. Surely you got something else yes. you can go be doing. Yes, you I agree 100%. You ain't going to be hanging out on my property any longer than you absolutely have to. And, and, and right. Greg, and most of these guys you've known for years. How long have you known Lex for, uh, Phil? Probably, um, I was, I was, I think, his second year doing uh, investigations. Yeah. So at least at least six, seven years, maybe eight years now. No, yeah, maybe longer. Just, maybe. I ain't sending yeah. motherfuckers a Christmas card every year, like... Yeah, neither are Henry and I, but it it, no. it it pay it pays to be in their good graces. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I literally they, see him once a year. That's it. I mean, super yeah, nice. Exactly. I really like him, but I mean, you know, we're we're not friends. I would just it's right. it's for me it's an arm's length kind of thing. It's like yeah, you know, there's only no, certain is, and, and I, like, I, I'd be down. There's, with yeah, there's, right. there's people that have different relationships with that, but uh, I, that's not for me. It's like it's nothing look, against if you, if you. You're doing your job. It's all good. I just, I, you know, do your job yeah. and leave, please. Thank you. Yeah, but if you if you have to if you have to keep your at arm's length, do you want to be touching something fuzzy or do you want to be touching something sharp? The fuzzy. You know what I'm sure. saying? Fuzzy for sure. Yeah. So. I don't. I, I don't want it to even be a matter of that. I don't. I want to be completely neutral. I'm here. Right, I'm doing live, my thing. Leave me a be. Right. Come and check. Yeah, you need to check and go. A, like that's that's where I'm at. Because you, it's because you live in a free state. Yeah, and you're and you don't know any. You don't know the difference. You know what I'm saying? We don't live in a free state. We have regulations. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 gotta follow the rules, and that's it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But like you said, you know, you're not you're not buddies with them. I mean, you have a good relationship, but I mean, you know, I have a good relationship with my barber, but we ain't going out to dinner. Exactly. Well put. Well put. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying I wouldn't be like cordial or polite or anything like that. Like I would, but it's just one of those things where it's like your job is done. See you. Until next time. Godspeed. Yeah, and 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 my guy now um is super super nice. But he's not an, an animal guy. He's he's a cop. So he's not going to sit there and learn all the species and all the scientific names and all that. He's, he's not going to. His job is to enforce the law, not memorize it all. So he makes really, really vivid, articulate notes. And he'll come back and he'll be like, hey, man, do you still have X, Y, and Z? I'm like, no. Like, I haven't had that in like a year. He goes, well, you had it the last time I was here. You know, like things like that. Very, very meticulous note taking. So yeah. I got to make sure that my notes and my ledgers and everything are up to par too, because Henry and I have to uh, also do uh, inventory, annual inventory, you know, acquisitions, deaths, births, stuff we sold, yeah. dispositions. Yeah. So, I thought that that's the biggest pain. I think. Yeah, and I, I'm constantly, you know, I don't get that many animals that often, but I have to remember, like, the minute that thing comes into my place, it's got to get added to the to the paperwork. You know, even if even if it's like even if it's a pygmy that I caught in the cane fields and I didn't buy it, I need to have notation. This was caught in Florida, blah blah blah. Yeah, you know. And now they now they want receipts. They want receipts to see where you bought stuff from. Mother Nature doesn't give out receipts. 
Yeah, I'll yeah, tell you that you story. I well, I guess I could tell you the story. Um, I didn't have a receipt because I didn't. It was just one of those things, you know. And um, and I have forgotten about it. I you know I I really didn't. So I had to like he calls me yesterday and says, "Hey, I'm going to be over tomorrow." So I literally had to run to Ryan and say, "Print me a receipt like now." And it was funny because, and then I'm over there and their network goes down. So I was like literally to the last minute waiting for an email with a receipt. And I was like, oh my God. And, uh, you know, but, but Lex is cool about it. He was, he was like, uh, you know, you know, no big deal. Just, you know, get it to me when, you know, as soon as he sends it to you. So that, that was fine. But inventory yeah. is, is kind of um, not problematic, but I think that's the most um, burdensome probably. Yeah, it's 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 the most burdensome. It's it's annoying, and here's the other thing too: is like in our community, it's very tight knit. So like, it's very common for us to give each other animals as gifts, right? Yes. So like, how many animals I have that they were gifts, like just handed to me. So like, I don't have a receipt. So like now, my guy tells me he's like, "Hey, listen, if it's a gift, you need something in writing saying it's a gift." He says, "I don't care if it's a cocktail napkin. I need something." So I was like, okay, I'll start writing them on cocktail napkins. Screw it. I mean, it's funny because I asked, I asked them about what happens when you import something. If you import something yourself, right? Li- literally, you have to have. Well, you don't have to have a receipt per se, but he says you have to have the name, address, the everything of the person that sold it to you over there. And it's like, right. and, oh, and, and you have to have the you have to have the Florida import permit as well. Yes, all the documentation yeah. plus that. Right. And I'm like, wow. Now, see, wouldn't if it was coming, if it was coming, especially overseas, because yeah. I mean, we obviously we have Port of Miami, we have Port Tampa, but sure. like if if we're doing, we have the federal import paperwork, and then you also have the Florida import paperwork. Correct. Wouldn't the Florida import paperwork act as a bill of sale? That's exactly what I asked. And, and said, he said, no, you have to have all that. Obviously, you have to have those two. You have to have the, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife permit, and you have to have the Florida permit. Um, but you still have to have a bill of sale. Yeah, I guess it's either going to be a bill of sale from the broker or a bill of sale from but, – but they have to trace the animal exactly to where it came. Now, what he said is, obviously, you know, you have to put the person's permit number and your permit number. Obviously, if it came from overseas, there's no permit number. But aside from right, that, right, it's kind right. of the same. And I'm like, you really going to contact somebody in, in, in Southeast Asia? I doubt it. But, yeah, because like, you remember remember that, that black melanota that I had? Mm-hmm. And that came from Pennsylvania. And my buddy just mailed it to me because he didn't know any better. You know? So I wrote up a thing saying, you know, gifted from friend in Pennsylvania, which is a free state. And yeah, which is right. That was it. You know, in their state, it's not considered venomous. You know, it's considered just a normal colubrid in Florida. It's considered venomous. So, you know, probably like was, uh, one of the only states that that's considered like medically significant. Um, I think there's a couple other ones that do. Um, Is I think, I think, I don't want to name names, but I think Ohio might. Really? I don't. I think Mississippi and Tennessee do as well. I, I don't remember. Someone's going to correct us when they listen to this. Yeah, you're you're right because I the other day I forget what state it was, but somebody said that colubrids, meaning like all like a lot of rare things, like including false water cobras and stuff like that, and and um, 
you know, I think they had them categorized differently or the same or something like that as boom slangs and, 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 and the twink snakes and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, we're, I, I know we're one of the, I mean, we're, we're a few. I mean, I think the majority does not, but whatever. Right. right. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, it, it's, it's fine. I, I'll take this rather than, you know, somewhere where you can't do anything. I, exactly. I mean, exactly. I would, I would much rather do what we do now than have nothing at all, you know? Yeah. So yeah. now we, we did a, a pretty good departure on that one. Oh, What's yeah. the new species? The new species. Okay. The new species, my friend, actually my friend Montre, um, it's his paper. Well, him and a few other people. Um, it is called, let me, because where, where is Montre? Uh, Montre's in Thailand. It is a Trimerosaurus quiburi. K U I B U R I. I'm guessing. Quiburi. Yeah, that's the location. It's one of the buries. Um, it's, I'm sure people have seen it a thousand million times before. It's essentially a tiny, not tiny, tinier Venustus, a beautiful pit viper. Except I think I haven't okay. read the paper yet. I haven't read the whole paper yet because of, um, you know, the whole inspection thing. But apparently, like, the head patterns are a little different. They're, they're significantly smaller. Um, venom is about the same, but I, I, I believe that you've seen this before in a million and one pictures and thought it was a Venustus. So this but, is, so, so this is, this is an animal that people have seen countless times in the field yeah. and just chalked it up to being Venustus. Yes, absolutely. And, and does um, it still have the purple tiger stripes? Yeah. Purple tiger. But I've, I've, I heard that there's some different color variants and some are bluish and, um, and stuff like that but it's generally i mean if you look at it it's a it's, it's a tiny venistus for the okay. untrained eye but it's very interesting because he's he's published i believe this is the third or fourth new species this year two geckos and i believe three snakes one was this one one was an oligodon and um i forget the other one but he also last year uh, was a protobothrops, uh, uh, one of the mountain pit vipers up there. And um, very it's, cool, very cool. it's very interesting because you, you see like the stuff that goes on in the jungle. You think it's something, but it's really not. And there's so much stuff out there that, you know, you, you give it a, a passing glance and, and, and not really notice it. And it's really something else. I mean, but but you're splitting hairs here because it's really DNA stuff. You know, you're looking at differences in DNA and, and, and whatever. Right, right. Some are totally different. Like I heard something about um, crates being uh, split up possibly. Uh, the the Malayan really? blue crate in Thailand. Yeah. Um, because apparently, well, number one, apparently their venom is completely different in different parts of Thailand, which is unusual for a crate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they just found, oh God, what was it? It was in, it's all the way from Thailand, northern Thailand to China. It's like a mini banded crate, but it's not. It's called a Bungarus. Uh, let me see if I can find it. So it's, it looks like Candida, but it's not? Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you could look it up, it's a Wang Hao Ting. W-A-N-G-H-A-O Ting. And that's and, the locality, or that's the actual species name now? 
No, that's a species name now. It's a Bungarus Wanghao Ting. And it looks like it looks like cool. a yeah, it looks like a multis uh, multisynthesis. Okay. And it's pretty interesting, but but they're finding that a lot of their venoms are completely different, like running across that whole area, you know, Laos. Like you'll get a, and, and basically we're talking about Candida here, you know. Um, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You know, running from Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, all that, and they're they're finding like there's a lot of venom differences. And I'm like one of these people that are like, if the venom's different, probably different. Yeah, but now did uh, on the Tremersers paper. Did yes. they do any any DNA stuff at all? Was there a definitive divergence yes. between? Yes. Okay. It's the same DNA. Remember the DNA? Uh, did I show you the DNA from Mango? No, you never did. We still. Oh, I okay. still don't know. If, what, I still don't know if Mango is really a boy. You never yeah, told me. Yeah, he's a boy. But it wasn't through the DNA though, because the DNA didn't tell that. The, the the DNA that I got was just to to catalog it. Which, which I found out later. I thought I was going to find out if he was a male for 100% for sure or not. But um, it was to catalog what haplogroup group it belongs to. So, okay. see, I'm making the I'm making the show sound a little fancier now. Ooh. Yeah, right, right, right. Do you get plugs from males in sheds? Do you see What's that? plugs? Do you see plugs from males in sheds on cobras? Mm, I don't think so. No? I don't think no, so. No, I've had, I've had I've some had. that left... I've had some that left a... For lack of a better synonym, left a plug, mm -hmm. but it was just like, like cloacal goo from yeah. shedding. You know, like they just kind of squirted a little something. Yeah. It, it may not have been like seminal at all. It may have just been like you know a musk or something that you yeah. know gelatinized or congealed. Because I find you know, that they haven't blown it out. Yeah, yeah. That male Jansen, I he when he sheds, it's serious plugs, like huge, like mind blowing. I have to send a picture next time I, I get them. But then you have like the corns and the beards and stuff, and even the the cyania. You know, you don't. They don't. None of that. So it's funny. Really, because really bizarre. I remember when you first mentioned that, and ever since that day, um, the the black and white. I've been yeah. checking for sperm plugs every day. And mango, I started to do, and then I couldn't find, and I was like, forget it, I'm done. Yeah, but now mango, you figured out he's a male from scale count on the shed. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, you can do it on the shed, but I did it on him. Um, what it is is, okay, this is this is a paper that's not published and may or may not be published. I have no idea, but um, I, I, he just doesn't have enough information with other localities because I think there's some like like Andaman Islands and some Indian ones and stuff like that that, that may be a little different. But basically, it's a scale count. If you have and, – and it's different. It's either banded or non-banded, right? Non-banded, you go, um, you, okay, you know the, the flat scales below the cloaca, right? And then you know how they get doubled, right, right? Right. Right. So you count the flat ones until they get doubled. If you have, like, for example, a non-banded, it's 20. If it's more than 20, it's a, it's, if it's more than 25, 100% it's a man. No doubt, forget it, there's nothing. If it's less You're talking about 20, past the vent, so between like the, vent, right. the, the vent to the tip of the tail. Vent to the tip of the tail, exactly. Okay, I got you. Right, but, we're, but we're only, but you're only counting the solid scales. Correct. We're not counting anything that's separated. No. So if you no. have, so if you have 25 flat ventral scales post vent before yes. the braiding of the tail, that's a yes. male. Male, hundred okay. percent. No, no issues. Um, if it's less than 20, it's a female. Um, if it's less than fifteen hundred percent, it's a female. 
Okay. Bandit is okay. lesser or greater than 15. But see, then you have a tricky stuff. Uh, and, and I don't know if this happens with other, um, but then you, you'll get like the, the long flat ones. Then you'll get a couple of braided. And then guess what? Another long flat one. Hmm. In that case, it's usually, usually a male. That that's the only exception. That's weird. So now, so now let me ask you this. Uh, is that, does that mean that you could in theory sex a hatchling? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let me put it to you this way. If it's, if it's in the in-between area, like mango's got 23. So pretty sure it's a male because I don't think they've ever in all the specimens that they've gotten had anything over 20. That's a female. So even though he's not 25 or above, he's still gray area, but, but we're, we're thinking male, but, um, so yeah, you can get a hatchling, and especially if it's like I said, over twenty-five or something really definitive. Because if you, know, I don't know if you, you probably have it, but you could see some. You could get a tail, and you see only like two or three long ones. You know, long, flat, solid ones, right? Hundred percent female. I mean, there's no doubt. You don't even have to. But yes, you can sex hatchlings. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's pretty Very cool. I mean, you don't have to go. You know, yeah. doing all that. Other. You still got to grab a tail, though. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But what I did when when it was early on, I just I just kind of sort of grabbed. I don't know if you can see me, but I grabbed it like this and just took a picture underneath and then counted. Yeah, that's that's a smart, safe way to do it. Uh, just, are you kidding me? Yeah. Or sometimes like he's he's riding off the the hook, and I catch it, you know. But yeah. when that small, yeah, that's probably how you have to do it. That's probably the easiest way. Yeah, just take a picture. And I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm sure people haven't done it because people aren't as obsessive with other snakes, but I'm sure that's the same thing with a lot of other species. Somebody just yeah. got to, you know, take enough samples and figure it out. Well, that's, that is something I've been surprised by is like why the scale count thing isn't done more often in the hobby. Like I know obviously researchers and stuff do it, but they're getting their hands on a lot of animals. I mean, we get our hands yeah. on a lot of animals, but why isn't that being applied you know, to us to be able to do this thing without having a probe and without having to strip off set, uh, sheds and all that stuff. Yeah, but the problem is, is that it's not, it's not, as Henry was saying, it's not definitive, first yeah. of all, but it, it gives you a great idea. But it's also, in, in some regards, it's difficult because you, you know, there is a technique to scale counting in terms of taxonomy, right? Mm -hmm. There's a formula, there's a, a method to do it. We're not even talking about that. We're talking about just counting scales on the tail, but it's learning which scales are which and then figuring out the recipe for male and female on those individual right. species. Like, right. for example, Dremarchon, they don't have flat scales uh, past the ventral. They're almost all broken, you know, so it depends on is how straight is the line, how wide are those panels or those, those flat ventral scales before they start to really braid out. So, like, things like that. But, I mean, then again, you can always just probe Dremarchon. You can't probe a king cobra, you know. Yeah. Well, the other the other thing is too. I think you need somebody would have to do it that that just breeds in such a huge amount of volume that they have probably dozens or hundreds of specimens mm -hmm. that they can go from. So there, at that point, you can say, "Oh, that's it." You know, you found your your pattern. Because yeah. I mean, if you have twenty snakes, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I, and I I didn't ask I didn't ask um, the people at at, at uh, at the Red Cross, but uh, I'm sure it was hundreds or thousands that they that they uh, that they went over, and um, 
I mean, I, I, and I, the other thing is, I mean, people are obsessive about kings, so that's probably happened there, but didn't happen, you know, with Indo-Chinese rat snakes. Yeah, yeah, a species that's not as highly coveted. Right. Um, and, 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 and it's probably wrong, because uh, I think if you could do it on one, I'm guessing you could probably do it on all. You just have to find, like Phil said, you have to find the pattern or whatever kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the, the sequence or whatever of scales that you need to look for. But you you first have to start off with knowing what it is by either probing or popping. or Yeah, there has to be some sort of standard set. Yeah, you have to have yeah. a standard and then you, you maybe, I don't know, get a bunch of pictures, take a bunch of pictures of all your males, all the females, and try to like, you know, the, put the puzzle together. But I, I think that could be done and then, well, I mean, for God's sake, that would save a lot of trouble. A lot of people, you just know what it is right off the bat. And it's not invasive. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're literally just taking a picture of the snake's tail. That's it. That's, That's it. it. And, 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 and I'll tell you, like, guys, I'll tell you, the, the, the method Justin taught me with colubrids, <laughs> I'm looking at the, looking at this shed and seeing the, uh, uh, the, I don't want to call it, you know, orchestration of the vent post shed on the actual shed skin, like holding it up to the light and looking at it, like that's brilliant. Like absolutely brilliant. And I did it with animals, it's life changing. And I've did it with animals that I probed and I, I consider myself very good at probing animals. Um, say that audio clip, right? Um, <laughs> and, and I'm usually spot on with that, but now I don't have to do that. The problem yeah. is I have to wait for them to shed. So. Yeah, and that's that's all. Kind of like for me, I've I've never taken the time to really get good at probing. I want to, but at the same time, then you have to practice and get good by actually yeah. doing it. And yeah, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. So you know, having that shed trick does help a lot. And you know, but I guess maybe I'm fine with waiting for sheds just because I'm, I've done it with chondros for so long to where I'm like, in two years I'll know if it's a male or female. Like I could probe it if I, you know, but I don't. I'm not comfortable doing it. And I'm not going to pop it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so let me ask you this: If you do that yeah. off the shed, is there any way that translates onto not shed? You know, while the snake hasn't shed, like not using the shed, using the snake. Or no? I mean, usually, if you you can get pretty good at looking at them visually, at least in colubrids, and seeing you know the length of the tail from the vent to the tip. You know, yeah. males are a lot longer. Females are usually well, yeah. no, shorter. No, 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 it's I, pretty noticeable, but I don't okay. know as far as using that with other, like things like kings and stuff like that. And chondros, right, it's a little harder so, because their tails are well, so long. Stuff in general, yeah, I think it's, it's tough. tough. Yeah, but you're also talking about having an individual who has had countless opportunity to see and compare multiple snakes' tails, and I'm not talking multiple like ten. I'm talking about hundreds. So like. I've gotten pretty damn good where I can look at a rattlesnake now. It doesn't really matter the species. Mm -hmm. And I can pretty much have an idea if it's a boy or a girl. Well, we used to jokingly like call it, oh, yeah, out. it looks henish. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so, oh, exactly. If they're flattened out, if they're basking, oh, yeah. But, like, we would jokingly call, oh, that rattlesnake looks henish. And basically saying that its tail is short and thin, it's yeah. a girl. But, again, that's I've got that. For, and, and don't get me wrong. I've been wrong. But... I've looked at so many hundreds of rattlesnakes over the years that you just you just notice it, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, that's all volume. Yeah, because like I, I, mean, I couldn't look at a rattlesnake and tell you if it's a male or a female. 
I mean, See, you know, I can sort of figure it out, but maybe, you know, not with any regularity, I guess. Yeah. And that's what I did with the Cyanium when I popped them. I'm pretty sure I have 3.3. And after popping them and looking at the tails, it was kind of obvious at that point, you know, because the females just end so abruptly and then it's all tail, you know, and then the males, it's it's much more tapered as so, you know, most of us know, but. Are the cyania a lot like the um, melanota or or the regular dendrophilia that they're just mostly tail or or yeah? So isn't there a lot of room for error where you're gonna get a lot of females where all that pops out is 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 the scent glands when you pop? Yes, yeah, I guess I don't. I didn't really have that. I had, the three that popped out, it looked like males. But, okay, so it wasn't like oh something popped out, but it could be sank gland, could be let's put it back in. Yeah, and I mean whoever they go to, I'll make it, look, I popped them. I'm pretty sure, uh, this is what but I can't guarantee it 100 because yeah, because yeah. with kings that happens all the time. You sex them, and it's nine out of ten times it's gonna be if you pop them, it's gonna be female. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, but I also like you have you have certain species where. Sang glands are very pronounced and very elongated when they're popped, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, that could be a boy." I don't know. Yeah, and, then that's you, and then and then you pop a boy of the same species, and you're like, "Oh no, that is definitely sang gland." Right. You know, it's just well, again going back to the volume. Yeah. yeah, unless you have the male as as yeah. a control, you know, you have no idea. So, because like we popped the 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 dendrophilia over at. Um, at underground, right? And it was clear. I mean, it was clear. I mean, you know, this yeah, guy was yeah. like Peter North. <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was. But if it's like sketchy like that, you know, it's like I, I could see where that would be a problem. I just don't know if Cyanie are the same because I imagine they have pretty. There, it's a lot of tail there. Yeah, I honestly, I would, I would not be shocked if the Cyanie had longer tails. Probably that's, you know, like, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, and I, like I remember the 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 cynodon. dude. That cynodon's tail was almost like a third its body. Oh yeah, yeah, easily, like yeah. just massive tails. So, and then you look at something like Bittus genus, and 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 you <laughs> tell people, you tell people, Bittus are literally the easiest animals in the world to do a determination of sex. Oh, by far, because one tail is gigantic and it's a boy, and the other tail is dinky and tiny. It looks and like and it's a girl. Kiss. It looks like exactly. It looks at like the top of her just kiss, but I can't tell you how many times I've had a litter of 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 litter of puff adders or a litter of gaboon vipers, and you have all these babies in there, and you're like, man, these tails all look the same, and it's like, yeah. no way, they're all the same. And then you take two or three out, and you're only looking at two or three, and you can clear as day see the difference. But you can see which ones they're tougher, aren't they? Aren't puff yeah, adders they're they're a little tougher when they're when they're young when they're adults. Oh no, yeah, when they're young. I mean, when they're babies. Yeah, when they're babies, they're they're with their babies. They're probably the hardest to determine, and I yeah. think rhinos are probably the easiest as babies. Yeah, because Western cause rhino females too. Yeah, because I remember oh, rhino yeah. babies yeah. is like oh male female male female male female puff adder babies are like what is this? Yeah. It's angry. That's what it is. Now, now, as as easy it is with the Western hogs, are the Mexicans the same? Because mm. I, I know with like, because uh, now hold on, uh, I'm talking about Easterns in terms of tail southern. length. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about too. In uh, in Easterns and Southerns, it's nowhere near the same, right? 
I don't know. I'm pretty sure Easterns and Southerns is way harder. I just know on Western Hogs, it's you put them next to each yeah. other, it's like, oh my god, you can totally tell. Day. But see, I don't know anybody who's who's done a lot of Mexicans to be able to tell that. You know what I mean? Because Chris, they are Chris so. Yeah, Chris would know. He would. Chris what about the South American hog noses? The one that looks like corals. I forget the name. I don't know. We could ask Roy when he, we have him on. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah He's yeah, the yeah. one who did the article in the last issue of the magazine on the tricolors. He's supposed to come on the show yeah. hopefully sometime next month. He's scheduled to take right now. Not going to lie. They're kind of nice. They are. They're cool. When I was at the Atlanta Repticon uh, back in March, there was a table that was like nothing but those things. And it was. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're 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 not like uncommon like that. No, they, I mean they've they've come a long way. You know, yeah, they definitely definitely come a long way. There's more people breeding them now probably than there ever has been. Oh, really? Because I'm, I mean, I'm not I'm not a hog nose guy, but I'm like every time I see a hog nose or or the hog nose that I look at, it's like some sort of weird pastel lavender mm -hmm. uh, spotted Tyrannosaurus rex. I don't know, you know, whatever. Yeah. And what's interesting too is I asked somebody how closely related were those to the American stuff, and apparently they're not close at all, which I thought was very really very interesting. I'd made I mean don't take my word for it, but that's that's if I recall I had a conversation with somebody and I was like how maybe it was Lofman. I think I had asked him because he's doing you know a bunch of work on hogs right now. And I was like how closely related are they to you know the, the stuff we have here and he, he made it sound like they were very distantly related. So it may just be coincidence I mean, they look the way they do. I don't know. Yeah. I, what I want to know is how uh, how you get from a hog nose to a shield nose, or how you get to the Madagascan stuff. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's dude, all, those aren't very closely related either. It all no. fills the same niche, man. Yeah, somebody need to eat them toads. Yeah, I mean, th exactly. Think about it: a, a a fossorial and or marginally subterranean species that's short, fat has a shovel-like nose used for excavating soil that mm -hmm. primarily feeds on toads. You know, you've got hog nose in the Southwest US, you've got shield nose cobras in South Africa, you got patch nose snakes in, in West Texas, you got coral cobras in Namibia. It, it fills that niche, you know? You know, it's funny that you say that because I'm sure if you break things, I mean, people don't notice, but if you break things down like that, I'm sure that is the same for every single place on the planet. There is that particular 100%. niche, and it's filled by somebody. You know, it, it's a niche. It's a niche everywhere. And it's filled by somebody. Not, not necessarily the same thing, you know, like, uh, you know, like. Corollas like, oh. and Civics are, are practically the same car, but made by different companies. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and it feels exactly the same niche. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you look at, and then you 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 look at the evolution of it, and what became a what became a a true viper, what became an elapid, what became an epistoglyph, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like that's super unique. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, uh, and, and a lot of stuff where we're just like, where you know, how did it get here? You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what just blows my mind about that kind of stuff is like that's something that's just literally whittled down 
in tiny, tiny increments over the course of you know millions of years, thousands of years. And, well, not only that, like uh, animals that that seemingly are related, uh, like like I don't know if you, like mambas. Okay, like for example, kings are more related to to crates and mambas than they are cobras, obviously. Okay, how do you go from a mamba in Africa to a very similar king cobra or a crate in Southeast Asia? You know, that to me or, is like... Or a coral snake in South America. Or a coral snake in South America. Because yeah. let's face it, other than the collars, when you see... Uh, um, I mean, yeah, there's there's differences, but I mean, like if you just, if you just were, were to be very generic, you know, a coral snake looks like, uh, you know, a coral snake from Southeast Asia. One's more colorful, you know, hey, it's kind of sort of similar. They kind of do the same thing. They're, you know, if if they were in the same area, you'd be going, oh, yeah, this is the same thing. Or very similar, you know. But these are halfway, you know, more than halfway across the world. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And they're still and Just, just uh, speaking on fossil stuff, you know, I was just digging through papers and I found one uh, that was, I guess it was written in 17 and they revised it in 18, but somebody, I can't remember where they were digging. I think it was uh, the Cradle of Life in Africa. And uh, they found a fossilized maxillia from uh, what we refer to as Afro-Nausea, which is an extinct species of cobra. And it was literally just just like a piece of the piece of the the skull bone, the jawbone, with one fang fossilized, and they they basically look at it and they through computers and you know CAD program and shit, they figured out that it is essentially ancient wrinkles, and this this particular type of Afro nausea evolved a what they refer to as a fragmented maxillia, where the the fang is 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 conical and very wide and open to get that that spatter effect. You know, mm -hmm. and they they believe that this one fang could be the the building block between Afro nausea and wrinkles before all the other true nausea evolved in Africa or evolved around the world. The missing link. The, but the problem is, all they have is a fossil tooth. They have one tooth. You know, so who's to say what what really what the animal really was, or if that tooth even was supposed to be like that, and it didn't just get eroded from you know countless years in the dirt. Or if it was just a single animal that had some sort of deformity or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, can't, exactly. Yeah, you, can't, you can't discount that. Yeah. What I, oh, yeah. What I would love to see, and, I, and I've looked for it ever since ever since I heard about it was um, uh, like the, the Naja Iberica and uh, the Naja oh, yeah. Roma or something. You know, the like, yeah, the, European the, uh, ones. The European ones, the Austrian ones, right? Yes. Yeah, I think the last, the last one alive in Austria was in some kind of zoological facility. And I think it was like 1840 or 1850, something like that. So it wasn't that, it wasn't that long no, ago it was extinct. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's no pictures of them anywhere, is there? No, I think it's just, I think it's just like a, a taxonomic illustrations because uh, it's before wow. there were cameras. That's true. You know, they have fossil record of of the of the particular Austrian species in like northern Italy and stuff, and uh, I think like in, up into like Montenegro and that area. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. As far as I know, other than preserved specimens from the like early eighteen hundreds that are probably just bones by now, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody really knows even what color they were. Did did they? But did, do they have taxonomic drawings or no? Have you there seen were, any? They're, they're, yeah, but they're horrible. I mean, it's it's oh. it's it's like a ten year old with colored pencils, you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But 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 I'm guessing if you if you were to um try to like figure it out, these these Naja Iberica, the Spanish ones, are probably very similar to Moroccans and and and, and Egyptians because they're right there. Yeah, if there yeah was, that would be my if, my impression. Yeah, if there was if there was something, I'm guessing it's something like that. But that's I, I find that like really super interesting. Um, you know, a lot of these things that are no longer around, and, and then you have, you know, they're distinctly related to what's here now. And it's like you're wondering, well, how was it? Was it the same? Was it not the mm-hmm. same? What's the deal? You know. But um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. But um, you know, like you know, like like now back to the back to the, the the new species thing that I was telling you. Now, you know, you have people going out all the time, you have all this DNA stuff. So you're you're gonna be you're gonna be finding all sorts of all sorts of different stuff, and I know like, and I used to have the same thing. I, I, I'd like to wait till Phil gets back, but I'll just I'll just tell you anyway. But um, I I used to think like Phil, you know, that 100 percent that this is all just you know scientists and stuff trying to make a name for themselves, mm-hmm. and, and and I think in some ways it's true, it is, but. Man, you know, you gotta look at some stuff and say, yeah, that's gotta be different. You know, that's gotta be like I, like I was like I was saying before. I don't know if um, if you heard, but when we're talking about um, the the crates, apparently, you know, in in um, in Thailand, a lot of the crates have different venom, like markedly different venom. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, still presynaptic, postsynaptic, whatever, but but markedly different enough where you got to think to yourself, well, is this even the same animal anymore? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm like, I, I mean, I've always said it. Um, if if the venom's different, uh, you know, y- you got to start considering it's a different animal. Well, that's that's kind of a slippery slope because you know, in talking to to other people that are sort of involved in taxonomy and. Mm-hmm everyone has sort of their own opinion is that there's, you know, there's, there's no real standard. So, you know, no, there isn't. That's the problem. I mean, that that is the problem. Like you can, if you're looking for something to be different, I feel like you really don't have to look that far. True. It's a question of, okay, well, I found something that's different by a smidge, like the rattlesnakes, like the Eastern diamondbacks here compared to the Eastern diamondbacks down by you guys or upstate Florida, panhandle, whatever. Venom's going to be pretty different. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't necessarily make them that they'd be, you know. Well, that's the thing is like, what? Who's to say? It being, but, but, but you also have you also have different species that have adapted to different ecosystems, and like, there's a whole thing. There's a whole paper about how the eastern diamondback rattlesnake is arguably the most diverse species of animal in the United States because of its ability to live in saltwater marsh and wetlands and high out higher elevation sand Pine soil barrens, like. Yeah. Pine bear, yeah, all that. Okay, so let me put it to this way. Let's say we, we all we all have acknowledged that that up there and down here, slightly or or more different venom, you know, than than, than one would care. Um, but let's say, for example, the ones up there all of a sudden have neurotoxins that are That's not what known for here. Well, then, right. neurotoxic. Right. I don't know because that's that's a cane breaks too. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 not like oh, it has uh, 
uh, you know, different types of, of, of cytotoxins or different types of myotoxins. This is like, okay, it has cytotoxins, but now this one has neurotoxins. Yeah. It's like, oh. Well, I mean, okay. Mojave's are a good example of that too. Yeah. 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 And, and even and even what Brent was saying where they had, uh, maybe it wasn't Brent, I thought it was, where they had juvenile, you know, viridis prairies. Mm-hmm. And the juveniles had a completely different toxin than the adults. Yeah, it was ontogenic. You know yeah, yeah. Onto- well, I think that happens more ontogenic. often than not. I think that happens very frequently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it makes sense if they're babies and they're eating super fast, you know, race runners and stuff like that, they need something that's going to drop it then. Yeah, you have to. Like, it has to drop it fast, <laughs> for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, like you know, like baby kings are way more neurotoxic, any which way you put it. But then, like for example, okay, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example about the the, the different. Um, you have banded and non-banded, right? Kings. Mm-hmm. The non-bandits are more cytotoxic, and the bandits are less cytotoxic. I don't want to say it like this, but let's say a little bit more like it's not because it doesn't have presynaptic, but more like crate venom, more neurotoxic, like 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 a crate, but not like not going to give you locked in syndrome or anything like but that. Now, but now is that, but is now that an adaptation because of the prey items, whereas the one species is focusing more on lizards, while as the one that's more crate like is almost exclusively you know snake eating. Um, well, I, I think it's probably a. a not not a good question in this case because one is banded versus non-banded. Now, if you told me banded here, uh, Thailand versus banded China, yeah, that's a valid question, and I don't know the answer to it. But I'm from the school that bandits and non-bandits, at the very least. I mean, I know they're doing a paper; they're going to be separated way more than this. But to me, if you just start between banded and non-banded, those are different species. Still king cobras, but different species. Right, but but now hold on a second. Are there non-banded animals located in the same region as banded, or no? No. So that goes back to what I was saying: is that if if Indonesian animals are, let's even get me more specific. If Sumatran species are ninety-nine percent of the time eating snakes, and they're developed a more neurotoxic venom, opposed to ones in lowland China that are almost exclusively feeding on monitors. Theirs is more cyto per se. That would that, or maybe they're eating frogs and amphibians per se, and hence they need the cyto. You know, is in, that in, the reason? I mean, it can be, but okay. Let me give you another example. This is this is weird. You have a Philippine king, which is non-banded, versus Malay Southern Thai all this stuff. A Philippine king has, I think, I'm not sure if it's ten or twenty more proteins hmm. in the bottom. It's completely different. Yeah, but that's going right. to be broken down by necessities in the in that environment, right? And, 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 and isolated, isolated yeah. in yeah. an island chain, you know, right? Pool. But again, so that animal's still banded, right? I mean, still non-banded, but smaller. Well, some of them are smaller, and a completely different venom. So, is that mm-hmm. a different species? That's yeah. That's that's like I said. That's my biggest that's the thing, that's taxonomy not is there is no standard to where we can say okay, once it's crossed yeah. this threshold of being this percentage different or deviated from a certain group, then we can call it that. But it's almost it's almost subjective at this point. There, you know, yeah. Someone says, yeah. oh well, this one's you know a half a half a percentage different from this group. 
it's a it's a new subspecies. It's like and, and it's and it's the same what you're what you're saying. The same applies for DNA. Yeah. I mean, how much different is different? Like you said, there has there should be a threshold, but I don't I don't really think there is. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm yeah, there should be there should be a scale of some kind, but you yes. can't you can't. That's always we, we want them to be as we want there to be a scale because us as humans are very. Uh, simplistic in that thought process. We want to know: is it a one? Is it a ten? You know what I mean? No, well, is it go? It's frustrating but, because it's science. It's supposed to be the field right. of of. But that's the problem. See? Measured yeah. things yeah. like it's meant to be standards and bars and thresholds, and it's like this is the one part where if someone decides, I think this is different enough to be a different thing. And and even then, you know, I can't argue what they're saying if they're going out and actually doing the work. Like if Messenger came and said, hey, guess what? You know, Bimaculata is now, you know, two subspecies. I can't say anything because I haven't gone to China and done any of the work myself. Right, right. right. So I'm generally yeah. pretty accepting, except for when it comes to like the Ganyasoma thing, the Bothriopsis thing. I just, I have a very hard time getting on board with that. But, 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 but now, hold on a second. So... Sorry, Henry, go on. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, as I say, is you have a hard time with the bacteriopsis, right? And and I'm I'm with you on that one, okay? Yeah. I'm 100% with you. You have a you have a problem with the bacteriopsis, but you don't have a problem with chondropythons. Where I think that we, we can clearly see a, a similarity, but then the other one, it's they look fucking the same, but see, they're different, and we, we accept it. But we accept it, though. Well, everyone kind of already knew chondros that there was there was probably more going on than what we what we had at the time. So when Detouche came out with that paper, it was like, yeah, we kind of figured, you know. But the Bothriopsis and Bothrops thing, it's like that's how you can even put those things together is just, you know. And I wonder if it's a case of the right. rhino rat thing where the data wasn't great, yeah, um, you know, and maybe they were just like, you know, for now. They're this. Until someone comes and does more work, we're just gonna say rhinos are now Ganyasoma. I'll give you, I'll give you one that's bizarre in reverse. Okay. Look up you, you have your computer in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. Look yeah, up we're on look, well, I don't need Phil to do it because he's seen it a million times, but if you look up a Bungarus flavicep, a redheaded crate. Yeah. Right? Now look up a Bungarus flavicep thalulensis. Okay. Look up the Balloensis. Oh, dude, they look nothing alike. Nothing. Yet yeah, it's a subspecies. Really? They look yeah. nothing alike. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The, the distinction is very way. faint. Like there is there is a similarity, but it's not. Yeah, but there's also those next to each other. You right. wouldn't think that those were related. No. Right, but, it's, but uh, hold on a second. But at the same time, you take those two snakes that you can clear as day see. There is a difference in those animals, and I give you a a, a Cape York chondro, and I give you an Aru. Other than the patterning on the back, they're the same fucking snake. That's true. But on but in actuality, in science, they're not, and we accept that. I accept it. I mean, I'm not a chondro guy, I but can, you know what I mean. I can look at the difference and see that between the two. Yeah. Okay. Well. It was just, but, it's very, like with the chondros, it's very small differences. And especially when you're talking about like Papua stuff, like mm. Bioc obviously are kind of their own thing. Like Bioc, we can look at a Bioc and say, you know, that's a Bioc. 
You know, it has yeah. certain certain traits to it that are obvious. Um, it's when you get into the, you know, the mainland stuff, quote unquote, uh, where it gets a little more difficult. And, you know, Natush finding out what he found. And even Natush said, I could have gone heavier into splitting these up, but. But why not? I don't, I, yeah, he doesn't. He didn't. I don't, he didn't feel the need to. Yeah, what, what, what for? You, you've clear, you've got it, and and dude, I'm not, I'm not trying to dog Natush at all. I think his work oh, yeah, is yeah, no. f- fucking amazing, right? Um, I think what he's doing is freaking amazing. I can't wait to see the stuff he's doing with Scrub Bivons, but it's just, I find it interesting how you look at something like the Condros, or excuse me, Morelia Green, and then you look at the the Bothriopsis, and it's like. They're not. They're not the same fucking snake. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's that preconceived yeah. notion of we already had not. We already had a, a a hunch that there was a lot more going on in condors than we thought. And so when Tush right. just confirmed that, it was like, okay, cool. But if all of a sudden you woke up one day and they were like, oh yeah, Bothriopsis, those are cool. Those are now Bothrops. You'd be kind of uh, like, mm, no. how? No. But, but see, I think I think we're conditioned as people to like when you have something that's that's like a different species or a different distance to be significant differences. You know what I mean? You're looking for significant right. differences, but perhaps right. you don't need to have the significant differences to be different. I think it's just maybe I'm, I'm just, I'm just pulling up both sides here, you know? Um, yeah. Perhaps. It just has to be yeah. Perhaps it just has to be a minuscule little difference, but it makes it a whole different animal. Yeah. And I and mean, I maybe maybe the work just sucked. Maybe the maybe the work was just the bare minimum to get it approved by whoever approves yes. it, and that was it. You know, no one's gonna fight it because how many people care about the difference between Bothriopsis and Bothrops? Exactly. Well, I do, but and I mean, I don't. That's kind of the funny thing about the entire sort of debate is to hobbyists, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect the way yeah. we're keeping anything, like conjures especially. People are like, oh, you guys are hybridized. It's like, right. yeah, we've been doing that forever. Yeah. Right. No one cares. Like, this isn't carpets. I think, yeah, exactly. I think, the, I think the only problem, the only effect that that would have, I, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm mainly talking about people that keep reptiles, not so much anything else, is is when you have something that, that because of a change like that, all of a sudden goes from either vulnerable or, or, or or something to threatened or, or on the verge of extinction, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind of, uh, you know, that does I, change things. That changes things a lot. And then, and then at that point, are you doing it because I, I, I don't want to, I shouldn't say this, but because say you're it, a conservation say, say it. Okay. Is this because you're a conservation douche or is this really a difference? You know, right, are right. you, are, are you making this a site one because you're an ass or because it's legitimately, oh, this thing is rare and, you know, whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. Are you doing it because you want to get your name on a paper and you want to be known yeah. as the guy who did X, Y, and Z? Or are you doing it because this is definitively something different that needs to be guarded? Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's that's the sketchy part of it because you don't know who's doing what for what. And, it, yeah. and in this and in this field, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of grants, it's a lot of this, it's a lot of that, and a lot of, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, it's a lot of moving parts that would, that could persuade you to do things in a less than, than, than honest or, or mm-hmm. accurate manner. Even though, right. I mean, to, to me, it doesn't make sense that someone would want to fudge something like that. 
because it's like at the end of the day you tell people oh, yeah i got you know i did this with bothriopsis people are gonna be like what the hell's that it's yeah. a well, small arboreal pit viper in south america okay like, well, that, well, outside of that. us no one cares yeah but now let me ask you this so you know I, i'm i'm a taxonomy junkie i love it and as i nerd on it i nerd out on it hardcore and something that I had forgotten, you know, because there's rules, there's the laws yeah. of taxonomy. There's something that I'd forgotten that, that that Scott actually reminded me of recently on one of our shows is if there is a definitive change, or, or let me phrase it, if there is a, a, a divergence of the physical sense enough to reclassify, then it has to be brought back to the original, I believe, surname. So that's why certain things like we're talking about Renella and Bufo. It was brought back to Renella from Bufo. It wasn't that they made up or they added Renella. Renella was already a name. They brought it back to Renella, but because of the the laws of taxonomy, it couldn't it, it couldn't be marine merino. It had or marina. It had to be marine marinus or marinus, Marinus. right? Marinus. So, is that the case in the Bothriopsis? Where they found something Maybe. that was definitive, there was a de definitive divergence, and at some point in the in the taxonomy tree of that species, of that genus, they had to go back to that name. And I need probably to find something the paper. we should have. Yeah, we should I have need to go down the paper it. and read it. I should probably yeah. have read yeah. the paper because that yeah. would help. Is, is that what you, is that what you think happened with uh, Legionis and uh, the Ethiopians? No, I, I'm convinced that the the Egypt the Egyptian I'm using air quotes people can't see it the Egyptian cobra con, con, uh, uh, complex. Uh -huh. I believe that that was broken down, whether it be through DNA or whatever, to be that they're all the same animal and it's just a regional phenotype. Yeah, and that's why they dropped the Legionis from the Moroccan, and it's just a Moroccan locality or, or, or Atlas Mountain locality uh -huh. Egyptian cobra. They did the same thing with bears. So like what about Arabica? The Mexican what, what, bears at one point were a subspecies, and they said these aren't different enough to be warranted. It's just a type, you know, it's just a phenotypic version of that of this species. Yeah, yeah. What about Arabica? Arabica used to be a, a Haji. Yeah, but that was before it was given its own species ship, right? Yeah, but I'm saying they were all given their own species. They were all taken back, but Arabica still Arabica. Not that I care, but I mean, I'm just saying. No, but 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 I think that I think the different. Obviously, I didn't read the paper on it, but I think that Arabica is definitively its own thing because of, of physical boundaries. You don't find Arabica on mainland or main continental Africa, do you? No, 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 no. no I, I don't think it doesn't. It doesn't go beyond Saudi Peninsula it, at all, right? It, it's Saudi Arabia, Oman, and Yemen. That's it. And it, so, so no UAE, uh, no um, uh, Bahrain, no. none of that. No, okay. no, no, no. And it doesn't. It also doesn't go into like Sinai or anything any any farther west in that regard. No, I think no. And and, okay. and as it is, it's not in all parts of Yemen or all, it's where the three converge. Yeah. Okay. And have and an then, acceptance then, of that. What's that? that said having that an acceptance of that separation helps when there is physical barriers that stop that contain something true, know, like true. The, the mountain ranges and chondros and the rivers that split it into like the four quadrants um 
you know, that, that sort of says, okay, that, that makes a little more sense. And it's, it's a little easier to, to say, yeah, they're probably right when there's literal mountains and rivers between things separating them and, and giving them that exclusivity or that, you know, secularism. Okay. So I'm going to be a dick now. What about Colorado's and Coronados? Kind of the same. See? Yeah, but see, that's tough because I feel like if Those are you way had, different ranges too, way different ranges. Yeah, but, but when you look at the holotypes, they're totally different. You know what I mean? They, 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 if you could you could visually do the Pepsi Challenge with both. And to, to correct me if I'm wrong, but Colorado's is egg laying, right? It, that's the barrier between the egg laying and the live bearing. I think I, I I can't I don't I don't know you got me there I thought the egg because, lane was because so Lucagaster Colorados Pyramidium and there's one more that's egg lane the rest are all live there Pyramid Pyramidium is egg lane right I'm not sure about Colorados though I don't remember I, I want to say no but somebody you know correct but I want to say no. I think mostly the African ones, the ones that are like Africa, Africa. I don't yeah, know. Yes, so, uh, Saharan. Saharan sauce yeah. games are eggly. The Malawi one. What's the Malawi one? The cool looking one. I don't remember. Let me look it up. There's one from Malawi that's really cool. I forget the name. It's an egg. Uh, I think that's eggly too. I forget. Eggs. Cheese. What's next to Malawi? Uh, a lot. <laughs> Name me a couple of countries next to Malawi. Uh, Nigeria. Uh, no. Smaller. Algeria. No. Hold on a second. I think it's next to Burkina Faso. Now we went on a whole like estate now. Yeah, right. Another good example is like the, uh, you know, the jungle versus coastal thing, you know, in carpets. It's like, are jungles actually a different thing? Right, right. You know, yeah. where's, that, where's that line drawn? Because the further south you go, those get bigger. And then the further north you go, they get smaller. And then they start looking like jungles. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. This is the only thing that, that people like us would debate and argue about and spend this much time well the other thing is the coastal <laughs> top end I, I, I last i heard and i could be wrong and, and scott will probably uh, chime in but isn't wasn't the, the mitochondrial dna on a coastal taipan and a png taipan it was the same exact animal i believe really? not subspecies not anything i think there was i i i, I remember hearing this that the, the PNG and the coastal were exactly, the, the, the mitochondria was exactly the same. Like, no difference. Right, but was the nuclear different? That's another that's another hurdle is, you know, how yeah. we're, if we're looking at nuclear versus mitochondrial, there's a difference there too. Like, you'll yeah. get, yeah. from what I, what I understand, from what I've been told, you'll get different results depending on which one you roll with. So, all right, just going back to Africa real quick. I, I feel yeah. like a moron. So, yeah, so Mali does does border with Burkina Faso, but it's also Nigeria, Algeria, more, what is now Mauritania, Senegal, Gambia, and Guinea. Oh, and, and the back end of Cote d'Ivoire. No, um, it's the it's, it's the it's the Malai one. 
Yeah, but dude, but the Malai one is Luca Gaster, oh. and it was another one. They they thought. Well, no, Luca. So so Luca Gaster is what I have, and that's mine. Actually, is from Burkina Faso. Um, okay. What was the one? So we now thought? the one that died, we thought was something else. Remember what was that? Yeah, that was. Um, I guess something or other. Hold on, I'm just I'm looking it up right now. Yes, please. Oh, God. Asaladas? No. It wasn't Asaladas? Yeah, Asaladas is also egg laying. Um, Jogurai. 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 That's it. Jogurai. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. egg laying. The Mali, yeah, the Molly carbon fiber. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Woo! Man, we had to sweat that one out, boy. That was a departure from hell, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Quite. Oh, speaking of venomous. If you're on Venom Life Gear and you use the code THP at checkout, you get 10% off your entire order. Yeah. And remember, on top of that 10% off that you get, another 10% of the money you paid goes directly to the African Snake Bite, or excuse me, um, Escapolis Snake Bite Foundation. And that's saving people and snakes in West Africa. I got to get one of those shirts, man. I love that shirt. When Bill had one on the other night, I was jealous. And dude, I, I've got one. It's the most comfortable T-shirt I own. Even more comfortable than my own T-shirts from and the Nefertiti. Oh no, no, that's not possible. It is. So okay, since we're pimping Venom Life, I'll tell you the Woody making my hook story. Oh yeah. Poor. I mean, I feel so bad for him. I just, I just grinded him to death on this. I wanted. He was a good sport about it. This is no, he was great about it. Are you kidding me? He was fantastic. I wanted, and actually, I still want, but I wanted a carbon fiber hook because I'm douchey right. that way. And also, I, I, mean, I figured, I figured it, it's it's going to have real nice stiffness, and it's going to be it's going to be super strong. Probably could hold whatever you can throw at it. And you know, aside from functional stuff, you know, I'm a douche. So. Um, <laughs> Basically, so but I wanted an entire carbon fiber hook, so I'm like, Woody, man, you got to make this happen, man. I need a carbon yeah, fiber soup, hook. soup to nuts, carbon fiber, including the hook head. Yeah, I wanted everything carbon fiber. Well, long story short, because this can go on forever. Um, making the hook, you know, you'd have to 3D print and mold, and probably the hook alone would have cost like a grand for a mold, just the hook part. So whatever we decided, uh, you know, uh, you know, when he's here trying to give me solutions and, and, and shooting out measurements at me, like, like fifths of a millimeter and uh, like stuff that I was like going way over my head. And I'm going like, dude, just just make the damn thing. I, 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 I can't. You're blowing up my head. So um, he was fantastic about it. And um, long story short, he made me this carbon fiber hook. I sent them. I sent them the actual carbon fiber tube. He actually went through the website and found one that would fit his hook, which must have taken forever because there were pages and pages and pages of, of, of carbon fiber tubing. So he finds the right one. Then I, I, I just send it straight off to him. I pay it. I go, hey, where do you take it? And um, he got it. And then he tells me, well, the end of the hook, you know, I can't get, it's a little thicker. So I can't get the, the golf club shaft on it. So then I think that's where Brett came in and he, they have like a wrap, they, they hockey wrap some of them because they have their, they're too thick for like, it's, I guess the big, um, the, the, uh, some of the, the, the Python books and stuff like that, they're too thick. And he, 
he hockey wrapped it. You know, he, he gave it a really nice hockey wrap. And I think Phil's seen it. The thing weighs literally. Um, I weighed it. It was eight ounces. Wow. Yeah. And it's a little top heavy because the, the hook is actual aluminum. And, and he was he was fantastic about that, too, because I was like, I did a fill. I was like, well, I want this and I want that and I want this to curve at this and I want this like this and the other thing. And I got to tell you, Woody did not complain. Now, I'm not I'm not saying this. So everybody goes out and harasses the hell out of Woody because they got good enough hooks on their own. But um, but yeah, he was fantastic about it. And, 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 and See, it's, that, it's, it's a hell of a hook. Ask Phil. He's seen it. That it's, makes me feel a little awesome. better about asking her about the Palamas hook situation. Oh yeah, go ahead. You know, I feel <laughs> yeah, I try not to, and, I try not to bother about it, but every now and then I'm like, hey man, <laughs> what's up? Where we where are we at? And not to like throw I'm not throwing them under the bus or anything, but to make a normal hook is ten times easier than what it took to make Henry's hook. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even the Palamas hook is way, way more simplistic to make than Henry's stupid soda can weight hook. Yep. Oh my god! But the thing is, like, I literally got a a a filled up bottle of Clorox. You know, that's not exactly light. I picked it up by the handle with the hook, and there was absolutely zero flex on that thing. It's amazing. Now, if you slam a door on it, it's shattered in a million pieces. So, let's break it over my knee. uh, I don't know. Maybe. You you probably could. I think it's impact, though. I I don't think it's like like. uh, It has to be like like. If your knee was made out of metal. If you cracked it over your knee, it would crack. I don't think it would shatter or snap in half, but it would definitely crack. It might splinter. Yeah, it might splinter. Yeah. Now, I will say this. So I, uh, I had to. Uh, I took a couple snakes home f- today. Nah, that's from, what I was gonna- <laughs> right. I took a couple snakes home today from the farm to my house, and uh, one and of them was go, my. Bill? So one of them was my Tanzanian puff adder, my male. And I'm a moron who I have in my trunk. I keep like four or five snake hooks. Um, but up in the uh, in the actual room, I only have a handful of them. And I only have one forty inch, so I forgot how defensive this animal was. So I had to unbag it using a forty inch bullshit Midwest hook and the drawer puller, the drawer tool from Venom Life Gear. Get hooked. And I'm using the the drawer puller to hold the bag open. And like I wound up using the drawer puller to double hook the snake. And we're not talking about like a little like you know 12 inch long puff adder. We're talking about a five foot puff adder. Jesus. Easily five, easily five foot. And I used, and I'll tell you what, I watched that Midwest hook bend and bow from the weight of the front hat, the front third of that snake. So the, the skinnier part of the snake, right? For sure. But using but using the drawer puller on the back third, that Drawer puller didn't flex a millimeter. Well, it's also a lot thicker, right? It's the normal. It's just the normal shaft that that that, make, that, is it, is that the, he uses on all the hooks. Isn't the drawer puller aluminum though, versus that that crappy steel from you know I just dragged on Midwest, but that crappy steel. No, 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 no. You have a, you have a reversed. Midwest uses aluminum. Oh. Get hooked uses stainless steel. Okay. That that's the difference. So the Midwest the Midwest shaft is hollowed out aluminum. 
like extruded aluminum, whatever it is, and the get hooked Venom Life gear that is stainless steel. I'm sorry, I don't know because all my get hooked ones are made of exotic materials. <laughs> Woody probably sees but, yeah. Henry Call and goes, "God damn it, yeah, fucking guy again." He's like, "I don't know why." But, but I'll tell you, I had so I the only, the reason why I used I was using the drawer puller to hold the bag open. I wasn't planning on using it to to actually touch the animal. And I went, I put it down. I went to grab the other hook that was next to me, and it was the travel series. And that thing is way too short for this animal. So I was like, uh, 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 think quick, uh, drawer puller, fuck it. And dude, that thing worked like, it worked like a champ. Now, don't get me wrong. I had to hold it at a very unique angle. So I wasn't stabbing the snake in the belly with the little drawer puller piece on it, but it held the weight. It didn't flex and everything went smoothly. So you just went now, right now, how did you actually bagged it. How did that go? Oh, that was a clusterfuck. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was that was close. Do tell. So, uh, uh, thank God, you know, my my roommate Peter was with me, just as a second set of hands, because like I bagged a lot of stuff on myself, mambas, you know, cobras, whatever. But the it's all about having the technique, having the right tools for the job, Dorothy and Lambert. take and taking your time, right? Thank you. Um, so initially my goal was to the, the hot boxes that I use for transportation is a wooden crate about the same size as a 20 long fish tank. And on the top one side on the top, there's a flap door that hinges open. Right. And it has a, a latch on it that I could put a padlock through and it has a ha handle on it. So it's all safe. So my initial goal was to take it in an elongated pillowcase, put it inside the long ways of the wooden crate and then festoon the opening over the hole so that the snake would see the hole, go in the hole, go in the bag. And if I had to slam the lid shut on the box, I, I could just close his ass in the box. So that snake is so smart that it knew what the pillowcase was and it, it would get close. And the minute it touched the fabric, it would like poke, it would gently, it would like gently press its face against the fabric and then snap backwards real quick. It's like, I am not going in that bag. So after multiple attempts and it flopping around like a fish out of water, trying to bite everything that it could. Um, we, wait, wait, we, hold we, on, hold on. You gotta, you gotta say the fact that the more time that that animal spends outside of an enclosure, the worse it gets. Oh yeah. Oh, the, the, it's, it's, it's literally, it, we don't rush, okay? When you rush, you make mistakes and, and bad things happen. We take our time, we pace ourselves. But the longer that the animal, that this particular individual animal is out of its enclosure, the more defensive it gets, the more uncooperative it gets. So I would say this has been about maybe five, because remember, it feels like it's forever, but it's really only maybe like three or four minutes. So after three or four or five attempts trying to do this, we, we abandoned that scenario. I kept the snake on the floor and kept it, you know, occupied while Peter then took a big Rubbermaid trash can. Uh, alligator clips and alligator clipped the same snake bag onto the rim of the Rubbermaid trash can. And the goal was to essentially double hook the animal in the air and then flop it into the bag like Santa Claus, right? That thing would stretch out and stiffen its body so that you it wouldn't go. It, I couldn't put him in the bag. It made itself hard. Like it made itself elongated and stretched out. What's that? It planked. Yes, yes. It was planking. And after like three times of me trying to do that, 
I, I, I could see Peter out of the corner of my eye. He's and I could see his face, and he's just like, "This is this is not going to work." So I said, "Hey, man, I'm going to put him back on the floor, unclip the bag." We used uh, a set of hemostats and uh, a set of uh, Midwest tongs to hold the bag open on the floor. We then shimmy the snake into the bag using a snake hook to, to cover the back end of the animal and pull the bag through with hemos locked hemostats. So at that point, you now have the snake in the bottom of the bag on the floor. A snake hook is draped across the opening of the bag so that way the snake can't exit out the bag, right? And then you would grab the bag and twist it and pull it and pull it tight, you know? And then the typical way that you would do that is you would put one foot on the head of the hook and one foot on the handle. That way you're basically straddling it and then pull the bag tight and tie your knot or add your zip ties or whatever. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> remember, remember we talked about how Russell's Vipers levitate? Yeah. Well, apparently puff adders can do that too. Yay. So the, the snake is in the bag, contained in the bag, and proceeds to levitate up the bag using the corner as a pivot point with its teeth coming through the bag. And I said, I said, move your foot, move your foot, move your foot. And he slides his foot back and the thing lands where his foot was mouth open through the bag. And like, it, it, this is why we train. This is why we train. This is why we, we take, we have protocols, we have tools, we have multiple things in our arsenal so that there are no accidents. There is no hiccups and that we're prepared for all this stuff. And, and shortly after that, we zip tied it and everything was fine. Um, unbagging was way easier than bagging. Isn't it always? Uh, yeah. What's that? So isn't it always? Always. Yeah, right? Oof. So, so he forgot about Phil's five things. <laughs> the, yes, so yes, yes they forgot about it. Phil's five, the five things. things. Let me show you something else. <laughs> yeah, bitch, I got seven. Yeah, exactly. Phil may have exactly. five things, but his full batter had like 20 or 30. Do you, all right, you guys, you guys ever see those 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 big game fishing videos where the sailfish or the marlin it like shimmies up out of the water and like it jumps like twenty? Well, no, it like jumps like twenty feet out of the water as they're trying to reel it in. Yeah. Imagine a five foot puff adder in a snake bag doing that. Jesus. God. And this is it not. Was, I mean, he's saying five feet, but it's five feet, and it's also a thick bastard. I mean, yeah, this thing is, uh, well, holding that, that is huge. Uh, real, how much do you think he weighs, Henry? Realistically, oh my god, he's got to weigh uh, 12 to 15 pounds. Uh, tw I was gonna say around 12 pounds, at yeah. Least. I, was, uh, tw I would say 12 to 15 pounds, at least, at least because she's know? much heavier than he is. The gaboon's much heavier, yeah. I, she's got to be maybe 17 to 18 pounds. Oh, I'm sorry, I'd, yeah, I'd go even 20. Okay, yeah, maybe 20 pounds. So. Oh, which reminds me, I got to talk to you about um, mating season. Remind me. Okay. Ooh, what, do you, remind what do you two got planned with each other? Do tell. <laughs> Red Lobster? I mean, we're, we're together, but we're not together. together. No, we're not together. Just because we're talking about mating season. Some, be some really weird looking babies. It would. I agree. Abominations of God. <laughs> With l luscious beards, but they would herp. They would be master herpers. They would be master herpers. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. 
But yeah, so that top batter is 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 generally when when Phil, which by the way I might as well pimp it now. It's coming back soon. Phil's class at at, at Underground. Hey, can I say that? You just yeah, did. you can say that. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Um, but usually in the past, it, that animal, because that animal's always been at, at, at the store. That's been the one that, uh, and I don't mean to assume gender, but that's the one that separates the men's from the boys. Yeah, 100%. Good example of, hey, this is what they're capable of. They might yeah. look like fat slugs, but. Usually it's funny because, yeah. and everybody does everybody does the same look of Phil go, you know, it'll be, you know, it could be months, could be years, could be whatever. It doesn't matter. And then one day Phil goes, okay, take out the puff adder. And everybody's like, <clears throat> Yeah. What do you mean? Take out the puff adder? Yeah, take out the puff adder. Yeah, and everybody's like, fine. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that thing is super. I mean, he was nice with me. I used to. I got to a point where I was able to feed it off the spigot. You know, he would mm-hmm. come to the. He would literally come to the open thing to the corner and drink from 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 the thing for me, but. That's not an animal you even open that thing with, to be honest with you. I mean, I just did it because I'm an idiot, you know? You said and it I, for me. Yeah, I just did it because, you know, I was trying to get friendly with him, and he was he looked like he needed some water. So I gave it to him. But but that's one that you he'll, he'll literally fly out of there. I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those that'll give you, like, it's cool if you're, if you're not handling it. If you're handling it, it's just a ton of heartburn. Let me tell you, there's yeah. one snake that's even worse than that puff adder, mm-hmm. and this thing is dangerous, and it's that mm-hmm. scrub from Phil. Oh <laughs> don't, talk, don't talk to me about difficult to handle snakes, okay? Tell me about Phil's snake, huh? What do you think? Yeah, puff adders are tough. Yeah, mamas are tough. Try and unattach an anchored scrub from a tub while it's nice. striking half it's freaking body at you and you've got nowhere to hide or run well, that's where you just grab the branches on with the with the pilstrums and just put Never the whole branch the branch. back in the cage put the, dude, put the uh, whole tree in there <laughs> dude lives in his hide until it's nighttime and then he comes out and roams like he has a cork tube and everything he doesn't even care about it he loves his hide he stays in there well that's like you know, i'm out at night and i told you how i how i shipped out a, a, a what's that he thinks he's a crate Oh yeah, totally. I told you that one time I shipped out that black mamba, that like six foot pissed off black mamba. No, no, um, maybe you did. So there was an old neodesha cage that was just like just gross and old and whatever, and uh, this mamba just was uncooperative. And it was one of those cages where it had it was sliding right, but you, it was only one panel. Oh, okay, there wasn't yeah. there wasn't yeah, two, so you had to. You, yeah, so you you couldn't have anything next to it because the glass would bump into it, right? Mm-hmm. So what I wound up doing is I wound up using two Rubbermaid trash cans. I had one trash can that I used as a table, and I would put the Neodesha on that. And then another trash can with my my bagging equipment, my pro bagger, and all that, just because I wasn't going to fuck around with this thing. Oh, no. And <clears throat> it had uh, what I had done is I had taken a cardboard box to make it as a hide. And uh, I put the cardboard box in there. And the goal was to honestly use the cardboard box as a trap box, have him go in the trap box or go in the hide and then close the little flap with, with a set of hemostats or a snake hook and put a piece of tape over it and then take that whole cardboard box, put that in a snake bag, 
and be done with it. Three days, he never went in that friggin' box. Three days. So I eventually but used... He knew. Uh, oh, he knew. Of course he knew. So I, uh, I used hemostats, and uh, I took the water dish out with hemostats, and I just said, fuck it. And I duct taped the glass, and I put the whole neodesha with the aspen and everything in a burlap sack, and I cable tied the burlap sack, and that whole thing went in the wooden crate, and that was it. And that person got a free neodesha cage. Problem solved. Fuck it. Wasn't my snake. Okay. <laughs> so what is, and I'll ask both of you, what is the hardest, the most difficult animal you bagged? Chester. Tannenbar scrub. <laughs> Details. Oh. <laughs> You guys can feel my eye roll oh, through the speakers. Oh, I was at Daytona one year, standing in a hotel room, uh, a very confused Somalia Nauda in my hand. I had, back, I had to put it back in the bag. Oh he, looked my. Like he, was, he looked like he was ready to bite me. No snake hook, no hemostats, no zip ties. Oh, just mano y mano. I, felt, I felt like a free handling douchebag on YouTube for about five minutes. I had a, I had a, <laughs> well, I had a taste. You were a free handling douchebag on YouTube. I had a taste of the the fame and fortune, and uh, <laughs> then I had to put it back in the bag. But you know how arboreals are. You put them back in the bag, they want to go up. And I figured yeah. if I put him back in the bag, he would then notice my arm, and then hit me. And so Phil's like, "Dude, stop being a bitch. Just put it in the bag." And there's like, how, there's like what six people in our hotel room, and so I'm sitting here like, "Yeah, we definitely broke like COVID a, protocol." Looking like a real bitch, and because uh, I don't want to get bit by this effing thing, I still don't want to get bit by it. And so I like put it. I go to put it in the bag, but I'm like, it's gonna bite me. And I don't. I somehow got it back. In the and day. how 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 long was he? Was he like he was like four foot at the time? It low easily, probably more close to five. five. Five foot. Okay, so it's only five foot. It's not like it's this ten foot monster. It's scrub, not, but you know? they got long teeth, man. You know, it's funny because you know, and I say this pythons in general, but you you don't you know you think of emerald tree boas and stuff like that. You know, big teeth. You know, whatever, but. Man, python teeth, no matter what size they are, boy. Let me tell you, the other day I was at my friend Kevin's house, who's a fish and wildlife contractor. That's where I get my um, my pythons from, for my feeders. And I was just, you know, I just went ahead and, and, and grabbed it. I don't even know how I grabbed it. I didn't grab it by the head or anything. But I guess it was, like, somewhat thawed, and it kind of, like, uh, it kind of swung at my at my finger and i guess a tooth was coming out or something that thing slashed me like a straight razor and i was like dude i do not want to get so i feel your pain i mean i'm i'm all with you but it's just man it's rough can you imagine getting that whole mouth on you boy Ooh. and i mean the, like in all seriousness though amazon trevoas were probably the biggest pain just yeah. because they grab onto anything they can with their tail, like the the, and then, you know if you got a hook and you're trying to get them in the bag, or that they're holding on to everything, like you know they wrapped on the edge, you got to untangle them, put them back in, and they're climbing up the hook, and it's just doing Amazon's 
was always the biggest biggest frustration and biggest pain. So, so, so Phil, not nearly as cool as Phil, who's probably going to say something like a he's gonna, I know he's or something. Like I'm thinking. Oh, because oh, oh. like, well, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you. I think I, I don't. I don't think I've ever had any incident, but. I got to tell you, the hardest thing I've ever done, and I think anybody will ever do, I don't care, is putting a whacked out lubricus, a spitalapse lubricus, in a deli cup. Yeah, that, that's oh, yeah. dangerous as hell. Yeah, that, that is, is, that is like the most fun. sketch. That's I'll very put sketch. A, I'll put, I would rather put a four-foot monocle cobra in a deli cup, and believe me, he'll fit. Yeah. Opposed to those stupid little baby lubricants. Agreed. I feel like deli cupping any venomous is probably a freaking. It's little little scary. Oh, no, yeah, de deli cupping deli cupping venomous is the most dangerous aspect of venomous yeah. hands down. That's why I like you're, the, you're, the, you're, the, yeah, like the first frame in Tiger King is someone at Crutchfield's putting a lid on with a gaboon in a cup with their hands, and I was like yes. watching that, being like, "What? Yes. What is happening?" That was, that was slightly cringy. I was like, oh, yeah. oh my god, no. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's funny because I like to receive stuff in deli cups. I do too. 100%. I love it. But then somebody else has to do it because I'm not I don't want to get involved. Yeah. Putting the putting them in the deli cups is the shitty part. Right. Them out, I'm so easy. selfish. I want Just them like in the bagging. deli cups. Don't ask me to do it because I ain't doing it. Yeah. I love deli cups. You get to see what's going on. The animal's not cramped. You know, you don't There's have to There's not worry a about lot of rub, you know, yeah, in the back exactly. You don't have to worry about it popping a seam. Yeah, I'm exactly. kind of surprised someone hasn't come up with like a little 3D printed sort of suction cup deal that you can use to to put on the lid. And but you know what you could David do, David Brahms. You hear that? Yeah, I'll have to miss it. You know what you could you know what you could do with the deli though. Yeah, you know how um, Hyper uses the the those, those little um, I, I want to call them Tupperware as trap boxes, and he gets the snake to go underneath and inside on their own. Yeah, Justin has them. The uh, system of them. Yeah. yeah. You do? Oh, that's you, easy. You can get that's them at Walmart. Really? Yeah. And you did the same thing Iper does, you know, put one on top of the other and uh, all that crap? No, I didn't do that. I just use them for eggs. Oh, no, he uses them as a trap box. You know, like, okay, what he does is, I guess when you have them, I'll explain it, but he has it on video somewhere. It, it's like they're, they're up, he puts them upside down, obviously, on, on a table or something, right? And then, and then towards the edge of the table, you know, obviously there's a little space. He rolls them to the edge of the table, and you know how snakes like to crawl up, and it just crawls up into underneath the table. He just slams it shut, and that's it. It's done. I mean, that was a really simplistic way of describing it. It's a little bit more complicated than that. But my God, I saw that, and I was like, dude, deli cup. You could do a deli cups, but it's like a little bit more again sketchy. It's because the deli cups got no mass to it. Right, but it's got no mass. Did, it did. Yeah, yeah. Scott, Scott is. Uh, an amazing individual for thinking outside the box. I think he's brilliant. And I, honestly, I think it comes from his, you know, uh, his trade of like, you know, plumbing and, and pipe fitting and all that. Like, oh. I think that's, you know, that, that comes into that too. Is, is he thinks outside the box very, very well. Um, yeah, but if you're, now, if you're handy, you could come up with a lot of good stuff for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm literally going to probably next week, I'm going to make. I'm going to take a suction cup. I'm going to tie some some monofilament to the back of it, 
and I'm going to mm -hmm. run it up a very, very thin PVC tube, and I'm going to put a grommet on one end so the, so the monofilament can't fall through, and I'm going to make a deli cup lid putter on her with a suction cup on a stick. Because that's, I like yeah, it. I mean, that's the biggest issue is there's no weight behind them. So if you have something that's right. pushing, you can't exactly just throw your hand on top of it while it's not secured and, and yeah, you know, exactly. lay it down. Like, so that's why, like, if you had something that had you could access the top, that's also removable. Yeah, yeah I think Justin just changed the game. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, they yeah. could 3D print anything now. I figured it's something. Dude, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to make it a PVC pipe, monofilament, and a suction cup. Yep. I don't know That's why it. someone hasn't thought of that already, but yeah. Even though you know those yeah. things that Cody uses on the on the glass, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, surely they make a small version of that. Yeah, they do, and then yeah. they have the stuff that like the guys who install windows, the suction cups that lock and turn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where you put your hand on it. Surely yeah, there's, cat. there's a Mike small one. Those. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be. So Phil, you're not getting away. On what? Uh, what's the worst thing you've ever bagged? Oh yeah. Oh geez. All right. So I want to say something like a, I want to say something like a like a big fifteen foot retic or something like that or like a green anaconda. But honestly, I would probably say blacktail Jamesons, the the chemosai. Yeah. Because you get one shot. That's all. You get one shot. If he doesn't go in the bag on the first shot. You better do everything in your power to get him back in the cage and just try again later. Really? And I, that's that's the most nerve wracking. Yeah, because you, I would never, I would personally, I would never do it with more than two people in the room because mm -hmm. you know someone's going to scratch their nose, someone's going to itch their elbow, and that snake's going to key on that and haul ass. Yeah, and sure. and I think that that trying to bag that was probably the most hair raising and the most difficult. Um. But yeah, I mean, any of the high speed stuff's shitty, you know. Now um, you're saying like that's a particular animal, or just all of them in general, all the Jamesons. In general. I would say the black black tail specifically because they're just okay. they're on a league of their own. Really, something about something about that that hot Kenyan sun that just their 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 blood's different. I gotta tell you, I'm not a mamba guy, but I really like. Do you remember that yellow, green, and black one that I showed you that day? Of course, of course, yeah. Oh my god, that thing was so amazing looking. Yeah, that's a hormonal female vernus. Is that what it is? That's what it is. Amazing, amazing. I'm not a mamba guy; I could care less. But wow, those are nice, very nice. Well, gentlemen, we're at one forty nine. Closing remarks, hand dog. Justy tie tie. Well. Thank you guys for having me. I really Any appreciate time, it. it a, I love it a pleasure. to all you guys. Uh, it's it's always very uh, very informative. Um, yeah, I, I, I whether it's snakes and stogies, whether it's here. I mean, you guys do a really good job. So um, it's you. always a it's always a pleasure to be on with you guys. Anytime. Next time you're one of few people that have the open door policy where it's like you next time we'll do snakes and stogies. I'll do it from the mango room and maybe uh you know I don't yeah. know maybe he'll, make, maybe he'll make an appearance. Who knows? Show and tell, show and tell. It's show and tell. We, we, like, we do that well, a lot and that's awesome. Well you get people watching. Well, I think this show and tell will be a little different. <laughs> like for the people yeah, listening after the fact video, oh, but can you imagine on snakes and stogies all of a sudden hey hi how you doing hi 
Yeah, right, right. It's good. It's good. But yeah, so again, uh, thanks to you guys, and and it's always a good time. Well, yeah, man. be sure to check out MP Cages and Exotics and Steve Snakeuary, who helped make this show happen week to week. And we will be back Monday night for Snakes and Stogies 78. 78. Um, next week for THP, I believe, unless anything changes, Dusty Rhodes is supposed to be coming on the show for us to talk about Subox and Bairds. The American wow. Dream? We're doing the, the nah. Bairds Power <laughs> Hour, boy. Have you heard that? Not that Dusty Rhodes. Not that Dusty Rhodes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, Henry, age yourself, why don't you? But, you know, but everybody knows yeah. Dusty Rose. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, everybody knows Dusty Rose. Yeah, everyone but knows yeah, the guitarist from Led Zeppelin. No, he's Thanks. the Tower of Power, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Yeah. Dusty wow. Rose. Dusty Rose. Yeah, Tony, man. Right. Judas Priest. Hail Satan, yeah. brother. Hail <laughs> Satan. All right. Oh God! Yeah, uh, so he's the one they called Doctor Feelgood. Did uh, did did we get with Billy about doing a book club on Monday? I have not. All right, I'm gonna try and see if he's working and try and do book club volume two. Yeah, Oprah's book club gonna return. That's pretty cool. That, like you that. know that was the, the episode we did that it was surprisingly enjoyed enjoyable. Like I actually liked it when like when Phil was talking about I was like. Books, yeah, we're gonna talk about books, okay? With a bunch of nerds, but it's actually it's actually a good episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, it's it's like, and and sometimes somebody comes up with something, and you're like, oh wow. Yeah, well, there's you know? a ton of books that I want now after that first episode. Yeah, you can't. Afford I, mean, I mean, think about it. There's so much stuff out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody knows your basic stuff and stuff like that, but every once in a while, you see something that's like, whoa, what is that? Yeah, where, where's oh, yeah. the King article, Henry? Uh, well, that's a whole other story. Um, well, um, I'll, I'll say this: the the report is in. Um, it's getting peer reviewed right now, so kings will probably be separated by the end of the year. I'm thinking. Merry Christmas, you filthy. Animal. Merry Christmas. Merry I don't know. Maybe I don't know what to say about it. it should come as no surprise. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't. It doesn't come as any surprise. I mean, and and then I mean, I could I could, can't say anything. I mean, I don't know that much now, but what I do know, I can't really say anything. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, you could you, you'll you'll see. I mean, it's like oh, some of them you're gonna be like, eh, and then the other ones you'll be like, yeah, okay, fine. You know, cool. Well, I'm, not as, I'm not as upset as I used to be about it. Just, yeah, you know, time heals all wounds. It does. That it does. It does. All right. Well, everyone, have a good evening. Good morning. Good day. Good night. It might be that you're listening to Phil's sultry voice. Yes, Phil's with your Anytime. sultry voice. Good night, Moon. With a comb night, and a moon. brush and a bowl full of mush. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>